0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on the B.J. Murphy 360 podcast. This is your host, B.J. Murphy, and today I'm doing something a little bit different. Uh, Just recently, I was invited by Campbell University in North Carolina, Buies Creek, North Carolina, uh, to come speak to the uh, Lundy Fetterman uh, School of Business and uh, to address several different clubs there uh, that are all related to marketing and business, uh, those kind of things, and I got to address roughly about 50 students and uh, for for an hour. Now, this the entire podcast is not an hour, uh, but you get the vast majority of the content that I put out there. And, and, and we talk about personal branding, interviewing skills, uh, some philosophies that, that have driven me as, as a young leader uh, serving and now into to business. So I talk about uh, some experiences I had as mayor covering two major hurricanes for Eastern North Carolina. And then I, I talk about some some mistakes I see young people making that I want to make sure that they're Uh, focused on in terms of cleaning up but at the end of this talk uh, I had a lot of fun Uh, there was roughly 10 questions or so uh, from the students and I love uh, the Q&A section of any talk that I give and in in the Q&A at the end of this A podcast, you'll hear me talking about uh, goals and standards uh, that I've got, uh, some things I did in one campaign versus the different management skills, uh, turning my passions into a business, uh, being young and serving, being young and being heard. How do we reduce crime rates? There's a lot of things that we talked about in the Q&A. So I had a lot of fun putting this together. And I I hope uh, that this is something that you get a lot of value out of. And if you don't mind, if you'd like it, please feel free to share it with uh, somebody that you know. Uh, And this was to your success
1: social media is changing the way we do business watch tv and shop small businesses and personal brands need to adapt and fast bj murphy is a b2b sales trainer social media entrepreneur and former mayor of Twenty One Thousand. he's bringing his podcast bj murphy 360 to help you increase sales gather more leads and grow professionally feel free to share with friends and call in with your thoughts here's bj murphy and here's to your success
0: Uh, I decided to run for mayor at 25 now who is going to win mayor at 25 a town of 21,000 people that's right nobody expected me to win either uh, and the, but for me it was it cost me ten bucks everybody expects me to lose so I got everything to gain right and that was my approach to it I thought I had some ideas maybe people like them maybe they don't that's fine by me but I thought I could give some constructive and here's one thing I'll tell you from Somebody who's sitting in your seat and, and young and involved, because I heard four or five different clubs here tonight. Uh, if you are young and you get involved, your opinion tends to have more of a weight than everybody else in the room, right? I mean, that, that is the truth. So there's less of you, but your opinion matters more. Right. When you speak, it carries more weight. And that was what I found time. I'm still at 37, been served as mayor for the last eight years. I still tend to be, except for today, one of the youngest people in a room uh, talking about any particular subject matter. Uh, And that's just because I got involved early. Uh, So if anything I can say is that uh, being from a town of 21,000 people, not a big town, but bigger than Benson, but much smaller than Raleigh and Charlotte. Right. Uh, That. Known only did my opinion, matter, it carried a lot more extra weight because there were far fewer of the young professionals uh, working and serving in our community. Uh, so I ran for 25, and guess what happened? I lost. Uh, at 29, though, I, I ran and won and became the youngest mayor Kinston ever had. At the time, I was the youngest in the state. Uh, and for those that like politics and, and party politics, I happened to be the first Republican that ever won in Kinston. However, my argument from the time I ran at 25, even to this day, is that on a local level, maybe not Raleigh and Charlotte, because they are so large, you need some type of part identification, but on a local level, you know what we do at City Politics? We fix potholes. We make sure that when uh, you call 911, that the fire truck and the police officer that responds have been properly trained and have the right equipment. There's nothing about abortion or the war in Iraq or those kind of things that, that we discuss on a local level. So we talk more on a local level what affects your pocketbook more so than maybe the, policy, the, the politics of the day. Does that make sense at all? Uh, so it's more of a nonpartisan-driven agenda. Uh, luckily, by the, the second time I was, uh, uh, when I was reelected, uh, we actually had nonpartisan elections. So we have nonpartisan elections today. So I was really proud that we, we made that shift. Uh, ran last year, lost. Uh, but during the time those 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 eight years I served, uh, two really big events happened. Uh, one was Hurricane Irene, which I don't know. Do y'all remember Hurricane Irene at all? It was more of a windstorm than than much of a rain and flooding event. Uh, but it was a big event because I was without power for I was without power for five days. You know what happens when people go without power for three days? they lose their ever-loving mind i mean it's like the refrigerator's not working uh i can't get on the internet my phone battery's dead it's amazing what happens with people at three days you learn a lot about people uh and when they go without power for three days but what i did during irene was i went to the emergency operations center so i'm the mayor i don't run the city i'm kind of a spokesperson for it i'm the conduit between city government and the people, right? So, and this was uh, 2011. Uh, I got on Facebook 2008. It was August 2008 because Senator Obama was running. I got on Facebook because of then Senator Obama. Uh, watching his campaign, how he connected with, with people was why I got on Facebook. So by 2011, I had used it enough to kind of get familiar with it that I understood when we had a hurricane, Guess what people want in a disaster, the time of a disaster? They want accurate information, and they want it fast. And so what I did from our emergency operations center, while police officers and firemen and guys who work on streetlights and poles and dig ditches, while they're running around the room, I'm on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook telling people what's going on, and people are letting me know, hey, there's a down line, uh, down tree on this street hey this street is flooded and i was sending messages back and forth i found a really cool use for it because when the power goes out your your phone still has a charge right so that was my first real experience of how does how does a a servant a public servant utilize a free tool like social media facebook twitter uh, to communicate with the public and what's going on so by the time we had hurricane matthew which was uh, the worst flood we had ever seen um, uh, when I did a simple live video from a barricaded road, it got 40,000 views within like six hours, more so than most uh, of the news stations that we had uh, in, in the 7, 9, and 12 in eastern North Carolina on most of their newscasts. It's because people wanted accurate information, and they want it timely. Is that, is that, does that seem fair enough for that? Uh, so what happened uh, after Matthew is I realized that I was decent at social media, but the other thing that I realized is that most small businesses were not. So in other words, your Apples and your Nikes and your McDonald's and Wendy's of the world, they've got marketing departments, right? They've got They've got Snapchat filter teams, right? I mean, they've got Instagram story teams, not just what happens on Instagram or Facebook. They've got teams designed to help what's the next creative that they can do for, how do, how do you get the swipe up feature, or how do you get people to hang out with the, the new, you know, take, when you go live, you've got two or three people that you can go live with. They're, they've got teams dedicated for that. But most small businesses, they don't, right? I mean, most small business owners, they're the HR department. They're the accounting department, the finance department, the sales department, the service department. They do it all themselves, right? So right after Hurricane Matthew, I realized that, hey, I had a talent to be able to communicate with business owners and leaders, as well as what do I, how do I know how to implement social media in that same sphere, and that was when I created Magic Mile Media. Uh, so I work from home, and I've got clients that I, I either consult with on social media or actually manage their social media. In fact, uh, there's a good chance I'm going to be working with a large festival in our, in our hometown as well here, here real soon on their social media thing. So that's been a really neat thing. But uh, there's a couple things I want to mention to you in all that uh, that happened to me. I got two choices of water. I got Foodline water or Smart water. <laughs> Which would you choose? Uh, smart water. Um, has anybody ever heard of a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk by chance? Two? Well, then that's your first lesson for today. I want you, now you're going to have to excuse his language, right? Hey, drop an F bomb in a heartbeat. My dad would not be happy with that. But if you want to learn about personal branding and entrepreneur uh, and somebody who's more than just a guru, somebody who actually does it, who makes a living, and his personal branding is really more of uh, an extension of himself, uh, go follow Gary Vee. Uh, G A R Y V E E. I'll tell you, it's, it's probably the best thing I will leave you with today, uh, and it has nothing to do with me. But a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk, he wrote a book a few years ago called Crush It. And I read this two years ago. I was in Charleston visiting our sister, and I had just finished reading this book called Crush It. And I went, hey, this personal branding thing is kind of a, it's kind of neat. It sounds kind of egotistical, but if you if you understand why you do it then there's a lot of value to it. And I, I will tell you that as a public leader, um, someone who heavily emphasizes the use of social media, there's always this balance of is this vain or is this uh, information that the public really needs? You just have to be the one delivering it. Uh, and so, you know what? I, I just let the people decide. I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm going to tell you what I think you need to know, and I'll let you all decide, well, not you think I'm doing it for. My own vanity, or uh, for your goodness, and I will tell you that 99 times out of 100, uh, most people will say that uh, the information I received was was accurate and it was timely and it helped me with X, Y, Z. Um, so I read this book called Crush It, and that was when I started realizing that uh, maybe I need to think about what I had been doing the last at that time six years, seven years as mayor. Maybe I need to start being a little bit more methodical about my approach to personal branding. So I was doing it, but I didn't really have a clear strategy with it. Does that make sense? And so, like, on my Facebook, I had 5,000, I had capped at 5,000 friends on Facebook, but I had 2,500 followers as well on my personal profile. I had this little mayor thing over here. I had a, a five hundred, a thousand people who liked it. I mean, it kind of felt it really felt vain to have a fan page i still hate calling it a fan page i think i call it a business page most of the time um and, and then i had twitter and instagram at snapchat wasn't out uh, it was out but not real popular at that moment for my age group y'all were probably on it five years ago but uh, so that was when i realized that i needed to kind of brand all of this and so uh bj murphy as a social media handle user handle wasn't available uh, on all of them but BJ Murphy 360 was and so that was when I bought BJMurphy360.com and made sure all my username and handles all, all were uniform because when I started thinking about the strategy behind my own personal brand and whether or not you think you have a personal brand how many of you are on social media one form or another you all have a personal brand all right? so whether or not you think you do or not you have one and my, my thought was well, three sixty kind of encompassed hey i 'm a dad i 'm a husband i 'm a christian uh, i 'm a business leader i 'm a political leader uh, i 'm a marketer, and I started going, well gosh i mean i 've got this mayor Facebook page, but i 'm really more than just a mayor. Does that make sense and so that was when I started thinking about how I was going to incorporate so by the time I left office uh, i I had went uh, I, I cut off those twenty five hundred followers. And I told people, hey, if you want to follow me, you need to go over here uh, to, my, to my business page because I'm cutting you off. I'm tired of everybody seeing my little girls dancing at the dance recitals, uh, if, and I mean strangers more or less. That If you want to see more of the content that you probably really want to see from me, you need to go over here. Otherwise, we need to be friends on Facebook, but I, I actually deleted like 500 friends, and it takes forever to go through that. But I cut a lot of them off. And I started pushing everything. Now I've got, I think, over 6,000 so likes on that business page. Uh, but the whole purpose was this is gonna be the, the more public face of, of what I have and what, I, what I'm talking about. Uh, so I've got BJ Murphy, three, yeah, be on, oh, they put it up there. So uh, I'm up there. Actually, if you watched my Snapchat a while ago, you see me talking about the, uh, my name on the bathroom door. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so uh, a couple of other things I want to mention, then I'll, I'll talk about interviewing for a second, and then I'll, I'll start wrapping things up. Um, if you have a social media channel, uh, you have a story to tell. And whether you do or you don't have a, a social media handle, you still have a story to tell. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about in strengths... Um, We were talking about StrengthsFinder a while ago. Uh, I was in a program called the E.A. Morris Fellowship several years ago. Uh, It was a bunch of young professionals across the state, maybe 15 of us, and we had four or five retreats uh, over the course of a year. uh, And we challenged each other on politics, on business, and things like that. But one of the things we got to do was take the StrengthsFinder 2.0. Has anybody taken that by chance? Okay, Would you find that useful? I learned a lot about myself uh that during, when i did that i also realized that i identified uh with a very um I, i'm i'm kind of center right in my politics i'm probably further right than i think i i, I am i probably govern more center right uh but i identified a lot with a lady who was very libertarian i mean just all out i mean she wore it on her chest and uh I, I, but it was our strengths were very similar not necessarily the ideology but that helped us communicate better too because I understood what my strengths were and hers so a lot a lot of benefits to taking that that uh, that test Uh, I don't even know where I was oh I was going with strengths Uh, one thing I want to mention to you is I'm a big fan of going all-in on your strengths Um, we spend a lot of times I know you got a professor here but we spend a lot of time trying to take that 70 and making an 80 uh, versus understanding that you naturally made a hundred on this exam uh, and uh, maybe that's what you're really good at. Maybe that's what you're really passionate about. So we spend a lot of time trying to correct our errors and we forget that we probably, if we spent the same amount of time focusing on what we're really good at, then maybe we might just live a happier life. So, professor's not his head, so I, <laughs> that's good. Uh, I think a lot of times we try to appease our families and try to take the course that they want us to take or get the job or go to the school that they want us to take and and i'm i'm here to tell you that i'd much rather you uh dig a ditch your entire life and you'd be happy even with a five-year MBA, uh than to go work in an ivory tower somewhere in new york city and be miserable i will tell you that when i was at east carolina at the time it was a school of business now it's a college of business uh one thing we did was we went to uh um, because bbt has a relationship kind of like first assistance with the the school uh, we went to their headquarters in winston-salem and i went to their club dining room and we had we were winding down. We took a kind of a strength finder type test, um, and I'm sitting. I'm I finished lunch, and I'm looking over the, the, the glass windows there the, at the club level, looking out in the street, and I just see cars going by, and it was just very black and white to me, very non-emotional uh, about the, the 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 feeling I had that day. I knew corporate world was not for me. And I, I want to make sure you know that when you think about an inter- I don't want you to BS your way through an interview when you have that opportunity, because the truth will come out. I, and I'm going to tell you, as somebody who's hired people, we're looking at your social media profiles too. I mean, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what LinkedIn? I mean, your LinkedIn always oh, pretty. You got that business professional shot. That resume is spotless. But I go check out your Facebook page. I mean, it's, it, you know, the real you, the real you comes out. So I want you to, be, I want you to think about right now uh, your timeline, what it's been not the three days before you go interview, what's it been like the last three years, right? It will have an impact. Whether, you, whether it's legal or not, I'm telling you, it's going to have an impact. So I want you to be thinking about, what you're posting now but just as important what you've already posted and I would encourage you to clean it up I didn't I didn't look I don't know what you I don't know what it is I want you to encourage you to think about that you be you but if you want a job right Uh, and some of y'all probably got aliases you know Uh, I know know I'm not even going I know I know what y'all do Um, uh, so I want I want y'all to make sure you know uh, about the social media's impact. Uh, I, I said that, said that. I said i want to give you uh, uh, maybe two, maybe three. How much time? What time is it? How much time I got? You got five. Okay, I'm gonna give you i won't give you two, maybe three philosophies, uh, and then I'll I'll, I'll open up. Uh, nobody's interrupted me yet, but I'll, I'll make sure you interrupt me here in a little bit. Um, uh, that have guided my life uh, when it comes to both business and politics and service and those kind of things. Uh, one is fairly simple it's a combination of five and it basically is this simple think of the five people right now who you're most close to every day and it may be the person beside you i get that that may be one of them but then you think of your parents and your siblings uh, maybe fraternity or sorority sister or brother uh, but think of the five people you hang around the most i want you to think about your health Your finances your career goals your attitudes your your mental health mental state i want you to think about all the the philosophical areas of your life and the philosophy is basically this you're a combination of those five people and so the question you got to ask yourself uh is are, are any any of my top five are they helping me or hurting me to my goal uh when when this when i was challenged with this about a decade ago I realized there were two people in my top five that I spent a lot of time with texting phone call hanging out whatever that they weren't necessarily on the same trajectory that I wanted to be Uh, that they weren't as really as as aggressive as I wanted to be whether that's making more money or being closer to God or whatever it is that that I wanted they weren't there nor were they ever going to get there right Uh, and so I cut those two people out now here's a tip you don't have to tell them (laughs) You simply just reduce how much you spend time with them and then replace them with somebody else. Okay? Uh, so, combination five. I want you to challenge you with that. Uh, the other one is the difference between what a standard is and what a goal is. Can anybody tell me the difference between a standard and a goal? Anybody? It's not a trick question. Yes, sir. Is a
1: goal like a one time objective or is a standard something you uphold
0: over time? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, it's kind of like the difference between. Uh, brushing your teeth is that a standard or a goal right now for your parents the child brushing their teeth might be a goal but the hope is it eventually becomes a standard of living and we hope that that's the case uh, I have this conversation when I speak at Eagle Scout. Any Eagle Scouts in here? Awesome. Uh, congrats. Uh, that is something that you always are. Don't forget that either. It's kind of like I'm not the mayor anymore, but I'm always the mayor, right? I'm always go- you're always going to be an Eagle Scout. It's not, something that never leaves you. But this is the, for, for you four gentlemen that I saw raise your hand, um, same as everybody else in here, once you achieve that rank, th- it is no longer a goal, right? That is a standard of living for you four men. Now, forever you're always gonna be held up to that whether you like it or not right in your obituary 50 60 80 years from now it's going to mention Eagle Scout right my obituary is going to say mayor we're held to a higher higher standard of living I achieved a goal I achieved it now is a standard of of who I am I'm I'm constantly thinking about um, how does this reflect on who I am and who people really know me to be. I'm never going to be fake. You can ask my sister, um, but I'm never going to be fake. I'm always, I make so many mistakes, but the difference in my mistakes and most people's mistakes is that most people know about my mistakes. Right? People always say, BJ, you're so busy. You're so busy. I'm not even... We still have 24 hours in a day. You, me, everybody. The difference was for a lot of times, mine was in the newspaper being read by 12,000 people or on the local news being seen by 100 or 200,000 people. And so that same moment in time was played over and over and over again, so people just thought I was busier. No, I I set up a time, 1 o'clock, I'll meet you here. I did this interview, and y'all were in class. It's the same time, my business, your business. The difference is the standard of living. People expect more out of an Eagle Scout, right? And that's the difference between a standard goal. So I want to encourage you uh, to don't make a standard, uh, I mean, a goal brushing your teeth. I want, I want that to be a standard of living, and I want you to think about your standards and goals in, in your life. Um, and I, I won't, I'll skip to the last one. Uh, so connect me on social. Uh, my email address is bj at magicmilemedia.com, so I'll make sure you all know about that. Uh, I will now open up for some, some questions, whether it's about politics or business uh, or social media um, or whatnot. I'd be happy to, to chat with you some more.
1: In talking about in- goals and standards, do you have a current goal you are pursuing?
0: Yes, uh, the, the thing I'm working on the most right now is uh, building up my Magic Mile Media company. Now, the the thing that I, I had a conversation with a friend two months ago, three months ago, and I said, Look, I've got this little challenge. I've got 5,000 or so people who like my business page, and we've got 1,000 or so likes on our Magic Mile Media page. The reason why I had more over here is because I've been in public office. You know, I'm posting relevant content over here it's more of a marketing tool for a business people respond different to those types of things right have you ever noticed how people respond to an emotionally charged conversation versus one that might be deeply philosophical that's the challenge of mine because i'm not by my very core very controversial i might have different feelings and i might be able to express them in a constructive way but i'm not i'm not going to give you some shock and awe those kind of people, they tend to catch a lot of people's attention. Uh, But the conversation I had with my business colleague was uh, whether to go all in on my personal brand or go all in on the Magic Mile Media brand. Uh, It was kind of an afterthought part of our lunch, but we ended up spending well over half an hour talking about it, thinking about the impacts of whether or not I go all in on a personal brand versus a business. And we chose the personal brand Uh, very strategically. People are more attracted to me. I, I, I know that sounds vain. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to start. From, from a constructive, just thinking about this constructively, uh, which is what I want to challenge you in, in thinking about, uh, remove the vanity out of what I just said. People are more attracted to me than they are this Magic Media brand. Do they trust the brand or me, Right, the company or me? And so we decided that there was more likelihood that they're going to trust me more. And so I started a podcast. No reason why I started a podcast? Because I got an Echo Dot for Christmas. And I said, man, this flash briefing thing is kind of cool. Huh. This flash briefing thing is kind of cool. Where will that be in five years? I mean, I'm washing dishes and I'm listening to the news. I'm not watching news, I'm listening. And it kind of, on the way here, I listened to five different podcasts. And it got me thinking about where my personal brand was going to evolve, where people's attention is. Anyway, sorry. I hope that helped. What was another question?
1: What was the biggest difference in strategy for the 2005 campaign that you lost versus the 2009 campaign that you won?
0: Uh, well, I, the one I lost in '05 versus the one I won, the biggest inference I, I figured out um, was that not everybody votes. And more specifically, that not everybody votes in a municipal election. It's really sad to know that 25 percent of the eligible voters don't even vote for our president do you know how many people vote in a mayor's race 25 26 percent now the City Council is responsible for your lecture rates your water rates your sewer rates the police the fire all these things that affect you every single in some places the schools uh, but yet only a fourth of the eligible voters, if you're lucky, vote. So I figured out who the voters were. That was the difference. I didn't knock on everybody's door. we only knocked on the right doors.
1: What sort of management skills did you use during Hurricane Irene and Matthew? Uh,
0: communication. Uh, the first thing is, hey, look, I, I know my strengths, right? Social media communicate to the public. I, I, my strength is not necessarily managing a lot of people. We pay a manager six figures to do that. But the truth is, that EOC, the Emergency Operations Center, is not even his or run. It's our fire chief and a police chief's job. So really, my, the best thing I ever did was get out of the way. I knew my role, and my role was this. Police officer's role was this. The public relations role was this, city manager's role. And so by understanding what my role was and not trying to step on anybody else's toes to say, hey, I'm the big bad mayor, I run this town, this is my thing, we're gonna do it my way, that's not the way it works. It, and, and actually, it kind of goes back to my first job interview when I took call to credit and tried to run my team, you understand the power of we versus I. It's much different uh, in getting people uh, motivated to do something when they understand they're part of a team. Yes?
1: You graduated ECU with a business degree. Why was politics your first move versus marketing and building a company like Magic Mile Media?
0: Um, it's learning evolution, just learning, figuring life out. Um, it, it wasn't until the hurricane, Hurricane Matthew, when uh, I'm trying to figure out, hey, we've got, I'm, I'm literally, stand, literally, like three, four hundred people, uh, citizens in front of me, and I'm standing on a picnic table. It is 75 degrees. I'm getting sunburnt, and I'm telling people there's a flood coming. There's something biblical about that, right? <laughs> and it, it, was, it, was, it was during the time after those two weeks were over that I started reflecting on what happened and what did we do right, what did we do wrong, uh, and what, what was it that people liked. And how was I involved in it? And that was when, that was when the, the like man, that just, it wasn't that I wasn't happy with what I was doing, but I was happier fulfilling this role. And the question is, could I make a bus? Could I, could I create a business plan and execute out of it? And I did. I created a business plan, showed it to a few people, did a couple, four or five case studies. And a year and a half later, I'm still working from home, making a living. Yes, ma'am.
1: I want to follow a more passionate route and turn it into a business. What's the one thing that's kept you motivated and driven? Is it the fear of not having enough resources or not having enough to provide for your family?
0: So I created a, I appreciate the question, I created a dream board. uh, I've done three or four of them in my life, but one of them has a picture of Walt Disney World on it. Uh, You know, it's kind of cute. you got two girls, wife. Going to Disney World is a great thing. But the reason why Disney World is on that uh, poster for me is because I want to be able to call my wife, Jessica, uh, on a Thursday at lunch and say, Honey, go get the kids from school. We're flying to Orlando. I want to be able to do it like that. It's not that money is driving it. It's the freedom to do what I want when I want. And that that is a big reason why I do what I do now can i make that kind of money and work for somebody else sure right i mean i'm not going to throw footballs and catch footballs for a living right uh, but could i yes would i be happy probably not and so whether you're in a corporate whether you want to go into corporate world or you want to be an entrepreneur on your own i'm going to encourage you to think about that side hustle anyway and that your personal brand could be the thing that breaks you out um you, in other words, turning your part-time income into your full-time income. There are plenty of strategies and ideas and thoughts on that. Uh, you can follow me, follow Gary Vee, uh, plenty of books, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I, I could go all, all day with, with some Who Moved My Cheese. I mean, a bunch of classic business books that still have a lot of great principles in it today. That would encourage you. Yes. Yes, ma'am.
1: I'm much younger than anyone I work with, and I do social media and marketing. What kind of advice would you give me or other young professionals to gain some standing with my older peers?
0: So I, I would, um, you, you always got to put yourself in their shoes, and you don't have to prove anything. Your work will pro- you don't have to tell them, your work will prove yourself. Once you've earned their respect, then you'll have much more of a standing in the conversation. Uh, I'd rather see you do grunt work and earn that respect um, And chip in when you're asked sometimes it's opportunity and timing people wanted me to run for nc house nc senate this year and i said why would i do that i just exhausted six months of my life running for for mayor why am i going to turn right back around and jump into an even bigger race uh i was like no i'm 37. i I mean i got lord willing i got time so i'm going to continue to do grunt work and earn my right to do that that makes any sense so earn, earn, earn their respect. Don't don't ask for it. Yes, sir.
1: You ran for office at 25. What kind of things do you do to get people to listen to you and change the stereotype that politicians are much older?
0: So I, because, and I was running against a three-term former mayor, very popular guy, uh, and it was how do I differentiate myself? The first thing, I basically what I did is I went on a listening tour. I went to churches community centers uh, places i've never been before streets i didn't even know we had and i got to meet the people rolled up my sleeves and i did more listening than did did talking it was only after i did a lot of listening that i realized in fact i thought uh the top three or four issues in, in our town were crime uh election rates um and taxes turns out street resurfacing was number one when I knocked on people's door, when I talked to them, when are they going to pave the street in front of my house? When are they going to get that pothole fixed? I keep getting my front end in line. I heard that over and over until I realized it, it may not be as sexy as crime to talk about, but street resurfacing was number one. And that was what I, I even to my last day, that was what I still was talking about, how we went from uh, zero annual dollars, my first budget, Uh, the one that I had no part in, to half a million dollars my last budget. Our tax rate is one penny is $140,000. So without raising any taxes, we went from zero to 500. Uh, Even to my last day, I was still talking about it. I don't know how much more time we got, but I'll let Haley somebody be my timer. But yes.
1: How did you and your team reduce crime rates by over 11% during your tenure?
0: Uh, Teamwork. It is trusting in officers, uh, uh, backing them up, understanding they've got a job to do and they want to get home too. Right? Uh, they have a big load in carrying a weapon all day long. Uh, I'm, I'm a concealed carry guy, um, but they've got families and they want to protect this community just as much as the person. Uh, who's in leadership does so giving them the resources to do what they do best and understanding that there's a team approach to it so people when crime hit a couple spikes during my time in 11 and 14 uh, what i learned from 11 that i implemented more so in 14 was people when when crime goes up there's a lot of finger pointing at officials let's be honest with the shooting in florida what are the teenagers at that school doing right this minute they're going to the state capitol and they're pointing a lot of fingers and I'm going to tell you that I know that's an emotional issue, and I, and I certainly applaud what they're doing. Um, the way you approach violence is not by pointing fingers. It's about using their thumb. And everybody has a role. And whether that is the, a neighborhood needing a, a community watch program reinstituted to whether the, the politicians need to revisit the gun laws or mental health laws uh, to whether or not the school boards need to to do take more action and you start thinking about crime is not just one person's fault it's a there's got to be a community the pastors have a role if, if nothing else it's not their fault but they have a role in shepherding their flock to take certain actions right so that when I started looking at it from a community perspective that was the goal we came up with a five-point plan and everybody had a role even the teenagers yes ma'am all right yes ma'am uh, two more I thought One. So. yes ma'am.
1: in a world that's shifting its attention to more team-based solutions what would you say to someone who's trying to motivate team members who aren't pulling their weight
0: Right. So there were many times uh, that, you know, I'm the leader and, and I, I'm always the first person to talk at a council meeting and always the last one to talk at a council meeting. So it's my meeting to run, but I've got f- five people who earned the right to be there as well. Now, we all have different strengths and different weaknesses. Uh, some like to talk, some didn't. And even though I don't mind talking, I actually did a lot more listening in those council meetings than I did talking. But I listened to make sure that my council members didn't want to say something first. Uh, so one thing I would in, I, I would encourage you is uh, the relationships you build with people are, are more important than the position you hold. Um, so um, listening to what people want and understanding navig- the skill set and helping to navigate the team in the community or board or the uh, the, the corporate environment. The skill set and knowing what people want, understanding it, and tying that into the team's mission and navigating that uh, is a skill set that if you can figure out, you will be very wealthy and you will help a lot of people.
1: How do you handle social media attacks and negative comments?
0: Great question. Uh, Before I forget, uh, I gave you my email address, bjmatchmilemedia.com. Follow me on all those channels too. Uh, and y'all can critique me as we go about because you, you understand a little bit more of, of why I do it, uh, but also ask to join, uh, go on Facebook and ask to join Social Media Masterminds. There's a group I, I created uh, a few weeks ago. Um, this question actually came up, uh, and so not only did I have my own uh, personal uh, public profile, I, I deal with that issue, uh, but now I'm also acting on behalf of other business brands and I'm seeing that too. Uh, so the question was, how do you basically handle the negative... Uh, uh, I mean, there's there's several ways you address it. I mean, you can ban and delete them. Boom, right? Uh, but that's probably not the most healthy. Uh, but it is an option. I mean, let's just be honest. I tend to do that more on my, my personal page than I do my business corporate accounts. Uh, because the way I look at it, for me, hey, this is my brand. If you don't like me, you don't have to pay attention. Bye, right? Um, but... What I do, though, which I, what, this, this is one thing that I have used over and over and over again, and I found it to be very beneficial. People love to get in arguments on Facebook. Am I right or right? If they're wrong, they still like to argue. So what's the point in continuing to argue with somebody who always wants to argue? So here's what I would do. I'd send them a private message, and I'd say, hey, I'd love to chat with you about it. Here's my number. Feel free to call me. If they didn't call me, then what right do they have to continue arguing on my, my post? I've reached out. I've made a personal connection, given them my cell phone. Uh, if they choose to respond, wonderful. But I will tell you that if you have a call, guess what the difference between something that's written on Facebook, typed out on Facebook or Twitter versus the phone call? Guess what the difference is? It's not recorded. Right? So from a public official or even a brand, there, there, there's no written document of any of that. So you can have a much more frank conversation. Now, certainly they could record the call, but 99 times out of 100, that's not what happened. You can have a very frank conversation with somebody and have it more personal. Even go sit down and have coffee with them or lunch with them uh, just to diffuse the situation. I did that over and over and over and over again. It was the, one of the most uh, used assets I did in handling and diffusing those situations. I'd highly encourage it. Reach out. Send a private message. Ask to me. Ask to, here's my phone number. Let's chat. And then the number of negative comments after that just absolutely just dwindled and went away. Fair enough. Uh all right, so connect me, send me an email. Uh, I didn't even give y'all an assignment. What assignment should I give y'all? Um Huh? That, oh, it, oh, okay. I tell you what, send me an email uh with um uh the number one thing you're going to do going out of this from the stuff we talked about personal branding, whether that's getting rid of somebody in your top five or reading a book or following Gary Vee or whatever it is, uh, BJ at MagicMileMedia.com. Thank you all so much, Campbell. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for listening to the BJ Murphy 360 podcast. Be sure to connect on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with at Murphy 360 and visit them online at MagicMileMedia.com. Until the next episode, here's to your success.